The Joey Page Show every Wednesday from 2 till 4 pm. Hello, I'm Joey Page and I host the Indie Alternative Psych Music Show on Fubar Radio every Wednesday from 2pm. You can also expect a little slice of punk and ska and a few other bits of hip-hop and things like that as well. I speak to bands, musicians and even your favourite venues and record stores. What we've done is we've put together a top lineup of past and current interviews. If you want the full episodes, which feature me babbling on like this and all the songs, then you can find us on the Fubar Radio website. On this episode, I've got a chat with local names who are American indie juggernauts from LA who came in to talk to me about their latest album. Also, Hotel Lux, who I think have got a bright, bright future. I had the horrors on the phone where we managed to find out about one of the best fancy dress costumes ever and also... My favourite interview that I've done of all time, we talked about so much stuff, so much varied, weird conversations between me and the lovely, the wonderful John Grant. Thanks for listening. The Joey Payne Show, every Wednesday from 2 till 4pm. I'm very excited to be talking to Kelsey and Nick from Local Natives. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hello. How's it going? Thanks man. So, yeah, we were just talking off air just slightly um, that you've been here since the weekend and you're enjoying the weather even though we're in the middle of our version of a hurricane. Uh, but <laughs> this we is just, your hurricane? Yeah, because they're, this so, is hurricane season. they're so lame that we call them storms. I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I, I, I thought, okay, I've done, I've t- done so much touring. I'm so, I, like, I don't know why I'm like, I should be better at this. But I didn't bring many warm clothes. Right. And it is pretty chilly out. Hey, this isn't our first album. Come on. I know, that's what I... I already copped up to it. You're still making fun of me. What is going on? you need to be roasted. But, yeah, you've basically, on Saturday, arrived in the middle of Storm Hannah. Oh, Hannah. That's what that was on Saturday. Oh, wow. That little bit of wind. That's that's (laughs) amazing. Yeah. That stops our trains running and stuff like that in this country. Yeah, put a windbreaker on. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, you you got here Saturday. Uh, You were telling me that you had a little production rehearsal because you've got some gear stored over here yeah we we've had we have a bunch of gear stored over here and we haven't played it since 2017 so we had to see if everything was still working how many like bugs are in the amps and shit and, yeah. and is that a regular thing do you get end up with bugs in the amps is that you know i'm the keyboard player so i actually don't know <laughs> <laughs> i just assume there are bugs everywhere yeah okay. there's always hiding there's a lot me. of wild cards if you leave Electronics by themselves for, for a month. He knows what yeah. they'll get up to. Yeah, but and everything's fine. Or did you have to do like a mad dash around to get some new gear or something? We got a few stuff, but it was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, so the new album Violet Street came out on Friday. Forty-eight hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. So like that. now that it's been out for like a couple of days, how are you guys feeling in terms of like? Are you just Obviously, I've never brought an album out, that's why I'm sat this side of the desk. But do you just feel relieved at this point, or are you like, does it still surprise you being the fourth album? Is there things where you're like, you never get used to? Or just tell us a bit about the experience of being a couple of days removed from the actual release date. I mean, I think making records, waiting, like you're you're working on something for a year, year and a half, and you like think like, oh, this is the thing that's going to go off, or like this thing, like I'm really excited about. But there's always these wild card songs that you never can tell like what is gonna pop off or not so for you on this album what is a wild card song well there was this song called someday now that we all like a lot of us liked some liked a lot others people were like oh it's pretty cool and (laughs) and and that one seems to have really risen to like the top of i feel like what like we're like scouring social Mm. media and like seeing like how it's going you know much to our detriment sometimes but we're braving it nick and i are the bravest on social media right okay yeah yeah (laughs) but it's i mean without getting into that tired old debate about social media but it's just so weird isn't it in general that people will either way spend so much time going yeah thinking that people want their opinions to be heard that much yeah yeah but says the guy of his own radio show (laughs) (laughs) make sure you're tagging us and swipe up right now (laughs) yeah yeah so because you write collaboratively don't you like you're like at least a couple of your albums if not all of them you kind of just sort of bunk down in a house together and you just kind of get on with it and create it so do you ever get to places where like does it come down to like a vote in terms of if something will make 
the cut or not, or if there's like a divide, like with that song, would you be like, right, well, three of us have said yes, so that's <laughs> going in. There, there's democratic ways, yeah, there's, I don't know if something that big would be just like yeah. a simple majority, like we would really talk about like why people have like a certain problem with the song or like like really constructive criticism yeah, which okay. I, I feel like only makes songs better like oh, of course to have this feedback where just if if I really love something and Kelsey doesn't like I want it I respect his opinion so much I want to know why he doesn't like it yeah so it's almost like a relationship yeah yeah <laughs> but but five relationships yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's right Open local natives the world's most polyamorous spam <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys are a hugely successful band and Thank you, you get to do something yeah. that quite a lot of bands that come on this show haven't so i want to get a little insight into it you guys have done quite a lot of late night talk show performances so i was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about what that's like to do so i think that's something that our listeners would really be excited to hear about they're always mm. bizarre i feel like there's like this glitz and glamour that obviously the camera shows and you're pretty excited about but it so always a pretty cold television studio yeah, and you're right. playing in front of tourists who have no idea who you are and probably don't really care and also about they're you. sat in studio seats so it's not like they're going to be up and dancing yeah, around no, they've been waiting yeah, like gig. an hour and they're like oh we're almost out of here but wait yeah. we got this other band playing but they're pretty cool i feel like those are special experiences like playing letterman or letterman was fun i had an interesting situation at the end of our of our set we we all play with <laughs> in-ears in so they're in-ear yeah. monitors so so they're like kind of like they're great for playing live but like if someone's trying to talk to you like in front of your face you can barely hear them right and at the end of the of the set uh, at the end of the song david letterman comes up to us and he's like, and this is like my only conversation with David Letterman. He's like, oh, where are you guys from? And here, I'll go over here. So like, it makes sense. So I was just like, Silver Lake! <laughs> he's like, cool, thanks. And then he leaves and just, no, and everyone is like making fun of me all the well, time. Because normally like people will be like, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, like major city. <laughs> he shouted out Silver Lake and it took him like a sec. He was like, Silver Lake. Oh, by Dodger Stadium, <laughs> like like he, like it was like such right. a specific neighborhood. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, well, that's you got you got to represent where you're from. Yeah, he yeah. knew. You got to represent where you're from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe to make you feel better, we'll do the reverse. So I'm gonna get you to ask me where I'm from. Yeah, well, where where are you from? Bexley Heath. Oh, by Dodger Stadium. Yeah, yeah, No, it's not. It's so small. There's a lot of stadiums out there, actually. Yeah, no, nothing. It's barely got a chain coffee shop. Where is that? It's like southeast London. Okay, you know. So it's like a London suburb. Yeah, basically. Okay, got it. We're basically from an LA suburb. Nice. Well, I know which one I'd rather be from. Oh yeah. So you're doing as well, I've noticed whilst you're over here, you're doing a couple of in-stores as well, which is really cool. Is that kind of thing, do you have, sound like a real like, this is like a pen pal relationship going on. Do you have those in America? <laughs> we just played one last week. We played uh, Amoeba in Hollywood. Nice. Which we rep- uh, obviously we're from Silver Lake, I don't know if you heard. Oh yeah, uh, I think yeah, I know yeah. that. So we represent Los Angeles pretty hard and Amoeba is like a rad record shop, like growing up, like you'd go there and trade in records yeah. and stuff. Oh nice. So we just played one. Three days ago? Yeah. Yeah, we, we love playing in stores. We've done a ton uh, in the States, and and we've done some fun ones over here. Yeah, this is the first one we're going to do for this record over here at Rough Trade East yeah, tonight. Yeah, great. So that'll be really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a real good one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great record shop. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You put Rough Trade East and, or Rough Trade and Amoeba, like, in the ring, like, they could really, you know, who would win? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's my that's my new hometown where Rough Trade East is, so it'd be like your hometown versus my new hometown. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So let's have a little chat about the album, Violet Street. It sounds, and obviously, you know, give me a chance, it's only been out 48 hours, I've I've had a limited chance to enjoy (laughs) it, but it sounds like more than ever a byproduct of, well, I can't work out, I'm going to ask you what you think it is, so either a byproduct of how busy your lives are in terms of your career, or a byproduct of how busy just where you're from is, like, it sounds very busy, but like and frenetic in places especially quite a lot of the beginnings of the songs i'm not sure if there's like little even samples on there like certainly sometimes you've sped it up and slowed it down things like that and then 
there's a, also a great expanse to the sound as well. So listening to it, I feel like, oh, that sounds like a very LA record. So I wondered what you thought it was a byproduct of. Is it kind of how frenetic your lives are always being on tour or where you're from or a bit of both or none of those things? Well, I think a lot, I, probably a through line through the record has been about the chaos and about how crazy things have mm. been just in the world and especially in the States with everything going on there. Things are pretty turbulent over there right now, as you've heard, yeah. you know, mention names. I won't. No. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like now that we're kind of getting into our 30s, like we're all trying to figure out how to deal with all this, all these realities that I think in our 20s was so easy to it's so easy to just like live your life like it's just your life and you're and you're just in it and you're just trying to survive and you're just yeah you're I definitely because really... I'm I well I don't want to tell you with this brush I'm nearly 35 so like I'm in yeah. my so I kind of get it maybe I'm a couple of years ahead of you or I'm not sure but We're around in there. terms of yeah. like yeah you spend your whole of your 20s being young yeah. and enjoying that and then yeah. you get to like 30 and think oh yeah maybe I've got some responsibilities in the world or <laughs> I still don't feel like that. I feel like... Oh, you double oh, down. I know. I, I feel like, oh, God, I'm losing it. I'm trying to, like, hang uh, on to it. Oh, right. That's why I'm wearing a shirt with loads of citrus fruits on it today. It's great. Yeah, the shirt is great. Infuse mm. the vitamin C into your body. Yeah. Maybe, like, Straight keep you youthful. Yeah. I get that vibe, too, totally, yeah. where I'm trying to hold on to it so much I get in arguments with my wife, you know? Right. At home, too late, not cool. She says, not cool, Kelsey. No, no. And I say, you're I'm, right. I'm on her And side. we have a great relationship. I love you, Mel. And then you sit down with her and say, I really want to know what you don't like about this specific song and we'll work it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it does sound like you picked up on a lot of it in 48 hours. So like, oh, I feel like sure. Los Angeles is our home and we rap really hard. And to hear that you heard that on the album, I, I feel like is yeah, it's I mean, like I've only had the pleasure of going once when I was maybe about 12 years old. Mm -hmm. But that's like the thing that I always took away from it was it's so like scenic and beautiful, but also so like frenetic. And I feel sure. like that comes through on this album. Yeah. A lot. But then that's the typical thing of you take away from it what you want to hear from it. Right. Because uh -huh. that's my experience of there. So. Yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned like kind of like speeding up, slowing down stuff like tape manipulation mm -hmm. or something. And that was like a lot due to our producer, Sean Everett he was like a sixth member of the band for this record mm. and he totally i think elevated us to like this other level where we had some songs but we didn't really demo anything out beforehand and we just took a bunch of skeletons into the studio and every day was just like trying something completely different for for each song and and yeah that like megaton mile is like this like beat that we did on on a tape loop that mm. was like this this long loop of tape that went like around the whole studio it's really hard to explain it's like a brian eno technique that he did and we'd like play the, the we'd record the instruments on loops and then play the instruments on faders right so so that was like megaton mile and then we took that whole drum beat and slowed it down for someday now and that's when you hear yeah the, it, the, it kind of yeah, slowed yeah, yeah, down actually, oh. and that was that was a and sean idea too again at the end of this was down now. again at the end yeah. of the song yeah it was and so um <laughs> the way that you work with Sean, is that something that you've done in the past? Have you ever worked that close with a producer before on an album? I think say? this is the, the closest we've worked with a producer in in like the the strict classical producer sense, yeah. where we just put base our lives in their hands, and then like he just goes, he he really like helms the ship sonically, and yeah, I mean. Every day, yeah, it was just something different and it was something exciting and new and, and I feel like he's going to be one of these producers that are, like, up there with all the other ones yeah, you always like hear about. Yeah, like a super producer in the yeah. future. Like, he'll be a yeah. name that well, he's, he's already a reference. name in the... But as in, like, in the future, it'll be, like, some that someone would reference, like you said, with, like, Eno or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you guys, I really want to... As I was doing my sort of research, this is a thing that, for some reason, I'm obsessed with at the moment, but I just find it phenomenal. On Spotify, which I know is not necessarily where musicians would like all their music to be consumed because they make a lot of money from that, but you've got well over 2 million listeners a month. How does it feel to have that, like, that number of people every month are listening to your music? That's so cool, right? It's pretty I'm going to awesome. be honest. It feels good. I was say, I want more. pretty good. <laughs> because that's, uh, like, I can't fathom that as, like, 
I'd be like, oh, if, if two million people ever knew anything about me, I would be so like, <laughs> I don't know what I would do with that information. Yeah, so I yeah. just wonder what you think about that as a piece of information. It feels good. It's like, I feel like the, it's all kind of going in the right direction and mm. that's cool. At the same time, it feels like, like alternative indie rock music isn't like the coolest thing right no, now. Right. So we're kind of like frustrating, up against that. Do you know, to you, do you find... What's that? Do you find that a little bit frustrating? That It's like, there's <coughs> not really much you can do. You can only get, I'm not saying only so far, because that's a lot and you're doing so well as a band. But do you think, oh, I wish that my genre was the one that was at the forefront of the moment? Because then I would be like... A billionaire. <laughs> well, well, like, I mean, I wish that the genre was in, like, a cool spot and we were making mu- music in the 90s. Mm. Then, like, we'd be yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Of millionaires. That would be, yeah. <laughs> that would think, be the difference. I think we just, we like the art and the music that we make. Yeah, sure. Like we have our tendencies. And at the same time, like, that music that is at the forefront of culture right now like i'm a fan of so it's like i can't really be too mad yeah I'm, sure i'm consuming it in right a, yeah no like, we're right there with like everyone but we benefited so much in like the 2000 like the later 2000s where i feel like indie rock was like cooler and bigger yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that really gave us our start well, I, so, think big, I think it's cooler now because it's not bigger if you know what i mean yeah. Like I feel like I hear that. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. People yeah, sure. really get behind their bands, and it's not just like manufactured out. Like it did get to a point in the 2000s where that was happening. And so, uh, on that kind of subject, you know, this is your fourth album. It's just come out. You're you're touring all over the world. You get to do so many cool things as a band. But do you sit down and go right? This is what we want to do next. Do you have a plan, or do you just go right? We'll just keep on like going at it or do you have an actual structured game plan where we're like in this in a year we want to be this in two years we want to be that there's goals there's like dreams that we have and and like we're always just trying to take a step forward take a step forward and try to figure out how to be like you know i I don't know just like get we we want to be making music forever and Mm. we want to be having you know as much success at it as we can while making music we're really pumped on but the thing about plans is they're always changing and of you course. have to be like ready to turn the ship at any second to react to something and so I don't know I feel like now four albums in we're kind of in a zen place where one really happy that anyone is listening at all even you know indie rocks in a slump blah blah, blah whatever mm. like we're stoked on what we're doing and so, like anybody we can get in the boat, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm being very. Uh, you're, you're, you're aware of your boat. I, I'm aware of my it's boat. It's because you're yeah. in a maritime. Well, you're in now. my boat now. <laughs> I want to keep you safe in my boat. Yeah. I want to keep everyone, whoever gets in the boat, I want to keep them safe. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you for coming in. It's been a real joy chatting to you. Thanks for having. Thank me. you. Um, and yeah. This is when am I going to lose you? It's the new one from my guests, local natives. The Joey Payne Show, every Wednesday from 2 till 4pm. Alright, it's now time to welcome a band I'm very excited to interview. It's time to welcome Sam and Lewis from Hotel Lux. Welcome to the studio, boys. Hello, hello. hello, hello. How's it going? Thank you. How are you? Well, well, (laughs) you were just saying that you feel very tired today, right? And I don't know if there's something in the air, but I'm, I'm, I'm completely out of it today, if I'm honest. And I think I know what it is. For me, it's that I think I took the wrong hay fever tablets oh, today. Oh yeah, we've heard. We've yeah, heard, I'm yeah. very, I'm very drowsy today. I know the struggle with the hay fever <laughs> yeah, tablets. Yeah, right. Puts you right out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But not if you get non-drowsy ones. See, I have some. no excuse. I don't have that excuse. So. You just look nice and cosy in your nice big cable knit jumper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, despite yeah. the fact it's almost sunny out. So almost, almost, but not quite. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm in love with you guys as a band. I really like what you're doing. So tell us a bit about the history. Give us a little history lesson. See, I, I used to have this story like spot on, and I could like straight off the bat. But, but not, but not today. Not today. Well, maybe we'll see. The, the tagline is met at truck festival and spontaneously decided to put everyone. But that's that's a bit of like that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a romantic myth. Well, that, I don't mind. It's up to you. You can um. <laughs> you can do what you want with this section. We'll go with that then. Yeah. We initially just started like four of us. So me, Sam. Craig and Jake, we were we all lived together back in the south coast, Portsmouth area. Mm. Portsmouth area, um, Spinnaker Tower. Mm. Beautiful, what a beautiful uh, yeah, piece I of architecture. And then uh, 
how did it happen? And we were moving to London. We we're in a band before, and we we're like, let's let's do enough. Let's let's try something different in London. Let's make it a bit better. I did that, and then the truck story comes from Cam, our bassist. I just asked him at Truck if he wanted to uh, join, and then we were a full band after Truck. Right. Year, so. And what year was that? Oh, I don't actually Roughly, know. 2016? So, yeah, so yeah. it's about two and a half, three years you've yeah. been together. Yeah. And it took us a little while after that to actually do anything. <laughs> but you've done some amazing support slots already, and you seem to have your sound, which is just yeah. really exciting for someone like me that has to trawl through loads of bands <laughs> all the time to be like, yeah, they, they sound important, and like you've got something to say, and it's brilliant. Thank so, you. yeah. Appreciate that. But yeah, for, for people that don't know, you've supported uh, Fontaine's DC, Slaves and Shame on tour. It's, it's yeah. all big stuff. And how much is the kind of stuff that you guys sing about a byproduct of being from somewhere that is largely, or at least to the untrained eye, largely seems like it's a forgotten about place in the UK? Yeah, I don't know. I guess what I... It's always a weird thing to sort of talk about what I write about because it's always so like, I don't know how to expect it, it just comes and it's never really that sort of... Deep. Yeah, yeah, it's never really that deep, it just comes and then it, like... But yeah, I feel like there is definitely a certain aspect of that in there. Cool. It's a subconscious of, byproduct of yeah. growing up in that term. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it seems like in a way that the sort of park life era of Blur kind of had it nailed on what it is to be sort of like a someone from Great Britain yeah. in that era yeah, it feels yeah. like that's what you guys have got yeah, about I you at the moment a certain aspect we'd want of that you know and also for a, sort of an honest it's not too like I don't want it to be too obviously like patriot because I don't think I think it has to reflect the honest the good and the bad of course yeah, yeah. which I think Blair did as well like, yeah yeah sort of yeah portrayed like the good and the bad of being from Great Britain especially at the minute of course you know, it's yeah kind of terrible yeah well everything's <laughs> terrible yeah. but that's why it's important to you know be making music that makes people because what yeah. you're kind of doing is it's, it's really catchy and really like you know something that people can kind of almost get sing-songy and get behind yeah, it yeah, exactly. but then also you're you're putting that into their heads it's like you're giving someone some medicine without them but it tastes nice yeah. it's coming around the back yeah, yeah. so yeah and so tell us a bit about your musical influences then like what kind of stuff was you into I say growing up like I'm, I'm painfully aware that you guys are still growing up <laughs> much younger than me but yeah tell us about sort of like what, what were your parents listening to when you was growing up what was going on in your in your household uh, I don't know really like so my dad was really into like so he was a skinhead back in the day so it was like a lot of two-tone stuff like the yeah. specials and madness so I kind of grew up on a lot of that yeah a lot of that and then like a lot of the scar and stuff but apart from that I don't know how much that necessarily <laughs> Like and then it sort of got into the classic like Libertines. I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. Libertines were one of my main sort of when the lad rock stage. Yeah, yeah, Mm. sort of that from like fourteen to sixteen, definitely. Back in the day, a lot of Oasis. Yeah, unfortunately, which I don't think. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) But I think you know a good thing about that is the attitude that came with Oasis. Like a lot of bands don't. I feel like a lot of bands don't have enough attitude these days. Yeah. They also did really, really massive songs, which I think... I think, yeah, if anything we took from it, it's like trying to write actual songs, Mm. actual pop tunes. I think we spent a long period, like early doors, trying to be a bit... uh, a bit think, cool. think a bit too much about what we were going to release and then with English Disease it was like no let's write like a big chorus mm. that people can sing along to and it felt much more comfortable that I think yeah yeah, that's a bit away from influence and as you say uh, with English Disease which we will end up playing when we finish chatting to you guys you said that you don't really think too much about it when you're writing it but did you have the idea for the song first I feel like and then go around looking for the, the examples to put in it. Really nice, and it's something we've not done since or before. But we all sort of sat round together in our front room. We all sort of Sam hummed hummed the melody to the chorus. I said some words. We kind of laughed originally, and then because we laughed, we were like, actually, that's quite a good chorus mm. because it was like, and that sort of it was the first song that we'd all sort of been together and done it together with sort of acoustic guitar and just having a lot like rather than taking it really seriously and intricate bits and stuff so yeah so it was a very different process to normal and you also you've worked with Dave McCracken who's uh, a big sort of super producer of sports team who we've had on the show Pip Blommer we've had on the show as well Ian Brown so 
Is there like, when you work with someone like that, is there something that you just go, oh my God, like, that's so simple and brilliant, yeah, but no, I never no, realised that is, before. It's exactly so funny that. working with him because he's worked with some like really mad people. Like you say them as well, but also like he had a period where he worked in like America with like Beyonce, <laughs> right? Like so it's so weird. This this northern guy is just such a normal guy. So it's so like you f- like you forget like you kind of. But forget he comes in with people. such a like years of experience and like like you said, it's so simple, but. It just just off comments and like little things like as you get rid of that you should try playing it like this mm. and it just makes a, a world of difference that you wouldn't yeah. like wouldn't expect and, so he's just, and, he's, and he's hilarious <laughs> and tell us a bit about what you're doing the rest of the time like obviously we've got English diseases out what's coming next what have you got planned in terms of well, releases and well we got the B side or the double A side as we might call it like for the Finger's disease Sherrard's mm. coming out soon so that's the next thing and then hopefully I don't know maybe talks of an EP or something yeah, like that like something a bit longer than just a single because yeah. that was the first song we, we wrote of sort of like a new wave a new wave of Hotel Lux songs where we sort of wrote I think there's about 10 now and that was that was the first one we wrote and was like that's that's like the next level like, yeah right was, I feel like English disease is different from what we released before but like sort of a progression and Sherrard's was the first song that we felt was like was, a progression yeah right happy. so I'm looking forward to getting it out yeah well, I'm looking forward to hearing it as well so tell us a bit about the live experience of the band for people that don't like haven't seen you or whatever oh, I don't know I guess we try and entertain everyone yeah I think we have like try try to build up the energy a bit more the songs have changed now because we felt like Perhaps the energy was a bit a little flat, so there's faster songs now. Right. So I feel like the live experience is a lot, a uh, lot more entertaining now because of that. You can have a dance. Yeah, we we like a dance in our, in our songs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's the best mover in the band? Uh, him. Yeah. Uh, under I the get yeah. get behind the keys that you know Good hips can't stop. Yeah. Good right. Yeah. Good. Have you ever seen a band called Dutch Uncles? No, he's, no. he's a really good example of someone that gets behind the keys and gets them hips going. So really? maybe you could I steal a move or two of them. Yeah, like, I have, yeah, have to have a look into that one. Your torso's free to like move around when you're <laughs> on the keys, so a lot, it's a lot more free. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can't help it, really. Gentlemen, I'm just really happy that your band exists, and oh. I really love English Disease, and I'm very, very excited uh, to hear charades when it comes out. So let's have it, and we'll play it on the show. And before we play English Disease, is there anything that you want to say about it specifically? Lewis? Uh, <laughs> into uh, the microphone, Lewis. Lewis. Learn, <laughs> learn the words of the chorus and then, then yeah. be happy. And then come to our then show and happy. sing them. And then come to our show and sing them. And then buy some merch with those chorus yeah. words yeah. on yeah. them. If you want, yeah. If yeah. you have fancy some you. merch. Yeah. Yeah. Get, some, pushy to that. get some merch. They've got to pay their internet bill. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Uh, This is English Disease by Hotel Lux, and if they're new to your ears, then go and explore them. They're a fantastic new band. The Joey Payne Show, every Wednesday from 2 till 4 pm. Now, what a guest. I'm so excited. I've loved this band for such a long time. Uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show, Faris from The Horrors. Hello. Your, uh, your introduction sort of made me think there was going to be a sort of massive round of applause or like a kind of stadium full of people. Oh, hang on, hang on. We, Silence. Do you want to do it again? It. I can I can do get it. I've got the sound effects for that. Have you? It's now time to welcome one of my favourite bands of all time. I love these guys for ages. Massive guest on the show. It's Faris from The Horrors. Yeah, better actually. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How's it going, man? Thank you, very well, thank you. Good, good. And where to start? You've got new single coming out, it's out, which is amazing, it's called Machine. Also, big news, don't know if you've noticed, because I've been trawling through your Twitter, you've made it onto the Super League Rugby playlist. Have we? Yeah, how do you feel about that? that? I feel good about it. We've got our bass player, Reese Webb, has a a rugby playing namesake, so there's a bit of confusion there with, you know, because Reese is obviously not a a rugby player. Not a hooker. No, he's not. (laughs) 
not well, no, not in that sense. Do you think, though, in a serious way, that this might slightly be byproduct of working with Paul Epworth? Because right, he's worked with so many good people, which obviously you know, but the listeners might not, like Chapel Club, Kate Nash, Adele, Primal Scream, Crystal Castles. So, do you think that maybe it's a byproduct of working with someone like Paul that you might be getting into a slightly bigger stratosphere of, of people that know your stuff? I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I think if we made a record that, that was totally unlistenable, then I, I don't think it would matter who who worked on it. Sure. I because, really thought about it. Because for me, right, like I saw you a few years ago at Benny Kasim. I saw you probably about a year ago in, oh, what's that place in East London? Doesn't matter. But basically, I always feel like, possibly because of the way that you portray yourself as a band, but I feel like it's well within your reach that you guys will one day be doing like massive gigs at Glastonbury. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like you've developed in such a way and you seem to be becoming slightly more accepted by the mainstream whereas I feel like you used to be more of a niche band but your sound hasn't changed in a way that you've copped out I just feel like people are getting on board a lot more I mean we've been in the band for 10 years you know I actually I think it's weird because you know when we start there's not very many bands that are still around from when we started yeah sure and I think that people say that when you start a business it takes 10 years for it to grow and start to work and I, I think a lot of bands they don't manage to stay around long enough to actually see the benefit of all their work you know and I think that we're lucky in that we've made some records that we're really proud of whatever and and, and I don't know I think maybe maybe we've got a chance of getting bigger I don't know how big I'd want to get in a way it sounds sounds stupid but I think you lose something a little bit if you start playing stadiums I kind of do see what you're saying but I guess I feel like it's and maybe it's just because I'm in a little bit of a Glastonbury mode I've just come back from Glastonbury this weekend and just think all the like amazing really complicated soundscapes that you guys bring with a lot of your songs would just be like phenomenal on like a Friday, Saturday night, somewhere like that with loads of flares well, and flags. Well, Glastonbury, and I guess Glastonbury's different. You know, it's kind of, there's still, it feels like an intimate show even when you're, you know, I guess even when you're playing in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I enjoy intimate shows a lot more as a, as a performer. I wouldn't be able to stomach being in a band and playing music every night that I wasn't 100% excited to be playing. I, I would find that, of course. I don't know, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I, I would kill the whole point of doing it for me. But I don't feel like, you know, you would necessarily compromise because I don't feel, you're definitely not a band that has ever done that and it's like, uh, but I just <coughs> feel like people have really kind of got on board with it the last couple of times I've seen you more so than ever. And another question I want to ask you about when you guys play live, when you had your last album out, and I don't know if you finished like this every night, but the way you finished your gig was absolutely insane, like the sound and all the colours and the light sort of, and I think it ended up being just you on stage towards the end. And I was just like, wow, that is like one of the best ends to a gig I've seen in a long, long time. So I wondered, with your new stuff coming out, have you got something up your sleeve for how you're going to end your shows? We never really planned that stuff. No, really? I, I don't know. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know what I don't know what it was you witnessed. It definitely would have been something that only happened that once. I don't know. That's kind of one of the best bits about playing live is not knowing what's going to happen. When we first started going on tour and, and touring with bigger bands, I used to find it really strange and quite kind of foreign when we'd be on tour with, say, we'd be on tour with a headline band and they, you know, they had actually like a set set way of starting the show they had a few little things that happened you know like halfway through they had a bit where the singer went to the back of the stage and you know like I don't know little things that were planned out I used to find that so weird I just always thought that was kind of not really the kind of thing that I imagined when I started a band I didn't think of it as like a kind of choreographed stage show like you know and that's not really what playing performing music is about for me I, I want things to be spontaneous yeah sure the single machine which we're going to play in a minute is out and about when can people expect an album from you guys have you got have you got it finished are you working on it can you tell us oh about yeah no the album is finished it's coming out in September towards the end of September but yeah I mean another single pretty soon and yeah and we'll start playing live it feels like a long time because it's been quite an intense period of working sure and I read in an interview that you did that you always try and twist what the horrors is can you put your finger on how you've done that this time I don't know what quote that would be because it, it makes it sound more um, conscious than it is I think that really what happens is that you know we never really plan where it's going and I think as you're working on a record it kind of it becomes apparent where the record is going rather than you know you sort of directing sure I think it's more like as a band there are things that we find exciting and we just try and follow those things you know what it tends to be that makes us excited when we're working is stuff that is unfamiliar and, and sounds new so it's, I guess it's just that pursuit of new things that drive the, the making of music I am very much looking forward to hearing it Ferris thanks so much for coming on seriously one of my favourite bands I'm very, very pleased that 
we could get you today. We're going to play cool, Machine now. I know, a pleasure. And good luck with the album, all your live shows you've got coming up. We're now going to play Machine. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Cheers, man. Bye. This is Machine by The Horrors. Joey Page's full show is live every Wednesday from 2 till 4 p.m. I'm like a kid in a candy shop today because I've got <laughs> another one of my absolute favourites, possibly the best dancer in all of music, certainly the best performer to wear shorts on stage. <laughs> oh, wow. It's John Grant. Welcome to the Hello. show. Hi. Hi, Joey. Thank you for having me. I'm very pleased to be here. Oh, and yeah, I love your likewise. shirt. Oh, thank you. You've been in London for a few days. Yeah, I've been here since Saturday. For pleasure. Or I know you're doing, obviously, this coming weekend, All Points East. Mm-hmm. Business, Business, mostly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been brought in a couple of days early to get to do things like yeah. wonderful show, interviews, torture. And um, is there something, because obviously you do a lot of interviews, is there something that you think, oh God, I hope I don't get asked about that again? So I can cross that off the list right now. No, not really. No. Okay. I so mean, you know, there's things where you think, of course there's things where you think, well... I've answered that three yeah, million yeah. times, but yeah, it's yeah. your funeral. You know, okay. if you want to yeah, hear yeah. it again. Well, you know, I'd, like I'd say where we'll start then. Yeah. A lyric on the on the new album, which mm-hmm. is a wonderful piece of music, and we'll get to that in a minute. But okay. you mentioned Cluedo and Colonel Mustard. Yeah. Do you play a lot of Cluedo? And if so, oh, yeah. who are you normally? Boy, that's a great question. Who am I? Because I am Professor, Colonel Mustard. Was there so Professor I'm... Plum? Yeah. 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 I think I liked him. I think I was sort of hot for him. And, so a, and a weapon? A weapon, yeah. Lead pipe. I was really into lead, lead pipe. pipe. And, yeah. and a room? A room. The library or the billiard room? The billiard room was sort of my... You know, okay. I, I thought that was quite regal. Yeah, I'd, li- I'd like them to update it to, like, virtual reality room, sauna. Probably oh, they will. Yeah, they yeah. will. Porn suite. <laughs> yeah. And... Let's get on to... Because I've seen you a couple of times. So Latitude and uh, Glastonbury and... Yeah. That's why you've seen me in shorts. In shorts, yeah, in yeah. the summer. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought to myself, you know what? I want to be comfortable. Yeah. So fuck it. I'm going to wear shorts on stage. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't happen very Nothing often. Matters. Not a lot of bands or performers disrespect the stage. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, to that extent. To that extent. But, and an incredible dancer. So, well, are you, you self-taught in the dance? <laughs> yes, I, I am. But you know... I secretly watch a lot of popping and locking videos. Okay. You know, people doing... Yeah, I, mean, I can't do I it, just right? think that is the most beautiful thing in the world. Right. When people are good at that. And waving, you know, liquiding. What's liquiding? Liquiding is... Um, the experts out there in TV land will know what we mean. But they move their body in such a way oh, that it looks like, like they're wave. moving like liquid. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. The opposite of the robot, basically. Yeah. And it is truly exquisite. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still dying to have dancers in my videos that do that. I'd like to have somebody on stage who does that throughout my entire show, especially in ballads. Okay. I, you know, who doing really intricate liquiding and popping and locking yeah. to ballads and stuff. I think that would be incredible. Well, I know someone who do that for you for free. Really? So, but we can talk about that afterwards. Is she sitting in the other room? No, it's my wife. But she's really? a dancer and she loves you, so she'd probably just well, do it for nothing. She can do that. Yeah. There Jeez. we go. Finally, using this radio show to get something decent happening in my life. Well, I can find <laughs> this. This gives this gives me the opportunity to ask a question I've always wondered. Yeah, go on. How does this ability affect other areas of that person's life? Does it change the the day to day? Does it make it more fun to have breakfast with them because they, you know, attack the butter in a certain the, way? The two or? surprising things I've I've found about being married to a dancer is one, it's a real good sort of social help at parties because people gravitate towards them on the dance floor and then you make loads of friends and two because I'm a horrible dancer so mm. I'm normally the one that sort of stands awkwardly on the edge and two she's really good at professional wrestling pardon <laughs> because it's like similar you got to be able to be good with your movements wow I guess that makes sense yeah I mean it's quite it's there's a lot of showmanship and in, in, showmanship involved but in it's that, all about it? getting your feet right basically really? wrestling yeah, because I she bought me a lesson for my birthday because I'm obsessed with WWF wrestling and I hated it and I was horrible at it and she was really good, so she kept doing it. Wow! But there you go. That's, that sounds amazing. That's enough about that. Did you do that though? What? Did you go and do that? I did the lesson. Did you? And it hurt so much. Yeah. Like even hitting the ropes, they're made of steel <laughs> cables, and they, everything hurt. I had a horrible time. It was the worst hour and a half of my life. 
Wow. They probably have to wear full body makeup all the time. Yeah. Because they're covered with bruises. bruises. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, guitar players, they just sort of get a callus back. Is that... That's right. I don't know why. They get those calluses (laughs) on the tips of their fingers. Yeah, yeah. They don't... But when they first... And when you haven't played the guitar for a long time, I think you bleed all over the place, and it looks like an episode of CSI or something after you're done doing your scales. Right. Well, again, something I know spatter experts coming in and... Ah, the trajectory is obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hasn't been playing for months. (laughs) (laughs) Also, what I wanted to ask you about, obviously, and this has been covered in lots of your interviews, Mm. and I don't want to gloss over it because it's quite important, but Mm. I am going to gloss over it because people can find out about this. But, like, you're so open and candid on, like, a lot of your struggles and things and how you feel about stuff, and it's really great that you do that on your records and in interviews. But do you find that that as caused a slew of people perpetually going hey john are you okay are you okay <laughs> does that get annoying or that does that does happen sometimes and sometimes it is annoying because you think oh. i'm in a good mood today <laughs> yeah i'm in a good yeah, mood yeah, today why, why oh yeah that's yeah. right because you've listened to that <laughs> exposed yourself yes yeah yeah uh, but i mean I, like like you sort of intimated there it's it's to be expected mm. you know and and you know when you think about it it's i appreciate you know the fact that you know, people care enough to say something like that. How you doing? Mm. It's not meant as an attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing, you fucking freak? <laughs> you know, it's not. It yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not like that. Yeah. Oh, from my family, it is, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's from anyone's yeah. family, and, that, and that's exactly. when they don't know anything. Like, exactly. It's like, why are you wearing those pink trousers? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you have to say to them for the six thousandth time, they're salmon trousers. Yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. imbecile. <laughs> yeah. And they're part salmon. of a full suit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I want to speak to you. Uh, and one of the things that I think you do so beautifully is that you mix some of that really heavy stuff in with the stuff that I am always fascinated with in every part of everyday life mm. is the like minutiae of life. Like, and this is just a, from a couple of like lyrics and stuff like 67 yogurts mm. and some of the really absurd put downs, but like all those tiny little trivial things that you also go, they're as much. Of part of what's wrong with this place as what I'm feeling inside, and I think that's so beautiful how you do that. Thank and you. I, how that, do you yeah. decide which kind of tiny little things to kind of put onto a record, like 67 types of yogurt and the cheese being made in a certain part of Iowa and all this kind of stuff? I don't know. I think that's how why does that come to you. Well, I think that I think that you should. You know, the thing about writing lyrics is that you must always remember that every type of language is useful to you and Mm. every type of object that exists and every phenomenon that exists is usable in what you do because Mm. even if you can't see the connection at the moment that you are perceiving this thing with your eyes or your ears or whatever or your skin it may be useful to you later when it comes to writing your lyrics so i think one of the things that i've learned to do is is be much more open to all of the possibilities Mm. that are around me every day and the truth is, is that, well, everyday life is quite absurd. It's quite oh, amazing and yeah, it's quite yeah. absurd. You know, there's, you're noticing all sorts of weird things. Like, you know, I've used this example quite a few times. You're thinking about, you know, how you weren't really emotionally present when your mother died, you know, while you're right. buying milk or standing yeah, yeah, in line yeah. at the grocery store and looking at some, you know, gum wrapper, some sort of gum wrapper that you think is incredibly beautiful or incredibly horrible or at the same time so yeah right so see i would never even though i mean obviously you can't get them all because there's so many but i was like right yeah no one's ever really appreciated the artwork on a packet of chewing gum i think they have in the 70s i certainly did okay yeah but i think that i mean that is the reality of everyday life it's quite absurd and there's all these things happening that you have no control over you don't have all this especially these days where you know you've got your phone and you've got the computer and you've got you know, radios and cameras everywhere and advertising. There's so much advertising being thrown at you mm. on a daily basis. I mean, it's been that way for decades. Yeah, sure. But I think it's, you know, reached a, you know. <laughs> I kind of like this new wave of it because I'm, you know, I'm being advertised things that I say out loud, which means they're listening. Right. But I'm lazy, so I want the things that I want to be put in front of me rather than me having to go and search for them. I think it's quite convenient in a weird way. 
Absolutely. In some ways, I mean, I do like I do like it when I hear about cities that don't allow. For example, Sao Paulo in Brazil. All right. Is meant to have. Uh, there's no more billboards allowed. No oh. outside advertising on buildings or anything like That's that. That's great. I think that would be fascinating to be able to actually see the architecture in a city. Yeah. Instead of looking at <laughs> yeah, yeah. some horrible, you know, like deodorant advert. <laughs> yeah. I do think that that would be amazing, but I do agree with you. I mean, sometimes, I mean, it's scary the way they tailor things to your specific taste because that like, means all sorts of other things. If you just say about that book Evidence a couple of times towards my phone, then I'm going to get an advert for it, which is what's great yeah. for me. Photography, Evidence, a book called Evidence, a photography book called Evidence, a book about Evidence. It is photography. So later on when that pops up, I'll be like, cool. It's one <laughs> click and I've bought it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's really fascinating. I, I always get synthesizer software yeah, and right. hardware ads, which, yeah. which I love. I do love to look at them. I get hair regrowth plans advertised to me a lot at the moment. <laughs> really? That's just some paranoid. Is that a weave? It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is a, a full wig. This well, is an it must be John. extremely expensive because <laughs> it looks um, incredible. But back to those kind of like tiny little minute details that you like to put in your stuff are you walking around noticing them and just go right i'll write that down and keep yes. it for later and you've just got a big yeah sort of vat of them yeah that's great yeah i need to i want to do that more in my life yeah i mean it's it can be problematic it means that you you could be you could come across as a bit scatterbrained at times when mm. you because you're thinking you're i mean also i'm interested in so many different languages so i'm trying to yeah, think yeah you speak in, loads of languages right i speak a few different languages Five. that's yes. loads for a british guy i yeah. speak I barely speak one. Yeah. This one. But, you know, for a, a Swiss person, it's, you know... Yeah, it's lazy. Yeah. <laughs> just lazy, exactly. Um, can you just recap the five for us? I... Let's see. German, Russian, Spanish, Icelandic, and English, I would say. But I speak quite a bit of French as well. Mm. Enough to get myself into trouble, at least. And I have other hobbies. You know, I like Danish and Dutch, right. too two that I really am intrigued by and, and love very deeply. I'd like to learn Dutch, but I think it's too hard and, and you're ultimately useless yeah, you're in, the, in a wider world. But I See, think see that's I'd where love, you're wrong. I'd love me and, like, me and my wife to learn Dutch and then we could talk to each other and nobody would understand what was going on. Except the Dutch who yeah. are always there, by the way. Oh, are they? Oh, they're the always sneaky there. Sneaky Dutch. Oh, yeah. They're not to be trifled with. But they are um, the speakers of quite a beautiful language in my humble opinion mm. it's very strange and curious and and i've noticed when somebody has a very strange medieval sounding name it's probably a dutch person right they have names like hieronymus and yeah and i love that they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah it's it, you can really sort of tell when somebody comes plus there's a very specific dutch accent when dutch people speak english it sounds very specific yeah it's really great same with danes and of course the french and the spanish and the germans as well but uh, that's something that I'm very interested in. I'm interested in all sorts of types of language, and I'm interested in all sorts of registers of language. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think is important when it comes to songwriting, is being interested in all these different levels of language. Here in England, it's so 3D, mm. because you have the different registers of language that people call, you know, this is... This is elegant language. This yeah, so there's like a class system, is, and then there's, there's like the class regional, system, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then there's the regional thing. And there's so many regional accents. Yeah, and then the different levels of class in all of those yeah, different exactly. regional yeah, yeah, yeah. accents. It's like even in my even in my immediate family, my dad's like a real like Cockney East End Londoner, and then so I've got a bit of that. But for some reason, my brother, we don't know where it's come from, is quite posh. So we're like, what's going on? But hmm. it's just very formal. But I don't know. But yeah, Who do so you think he's been listening to? I think when he was young, announcer? he watched a lot of war documentaries. So I think he just learned that kind of like, you know, very official. Mm. I don't know. But yeah. So Are we it, talking royal family posh or different? No, not quite that posh. Yeah. But just kind of quite official. Yeah. It's very proper. There's certain pronunciations in certain posh speak that I just find oh, fascinating. It's ridiculous. But that kind of... I'm a real sort of like working class guy, so that always gets my back up. So when I am talking to someone quite posh, yeah. my immediate instinct is to get more like gnarly and be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. all right, right, what's going on in here? And I'll really like push it the other way. Well, I've always felt quite low class and white trash, so I, I, I get the same thing mm. when, I'm, when I'm dealing with somebody that I perceive or is mm. upper class or from the posh strata, I get nervous and get my what did you say get my back it gets my back up yeah a little bit yeah we don't say that 
Like a sort of, you know, like the heckles on a kind of wolf yeah. or a dog or something. The heckles should get together with the cockles of my heart and <laughs> the cockles learn of your to heart knit sweaters and the heckles together. of your back. <laughs> <laughs> learn to knit matching there's an sweaters. Album, there's an album title, the Here we go. heckles of my back and the cockles of my heart. Yeah. <laughs> you can have that. Yes, thank right. you very much. <laughs> so, I want to talk about one song in particular because I absolutely love it on the new record. Cool. Can I guess? Go on. Is it Diet Gum? No, that is great, but it's not that. Is it Tempest? No. Ooh, is it Metamorphosis? Yeah. Because it sounds like... And, and this song's already trippy and like really weird, but it sounds like a even slightly more maniacal Black Star by David Bowie kind of feel to it. And But I just love... And it's that perfect mix of the, the minutia and the sort of bigger picture that you mm. always melt together so well. And I just wanted to really ask you how you came about making that track specifically for my own personal interest well it started with the music so I had the the music of the verses mm. which is the beginning and then I was like how are you gonna turn this into a song and I thought about it for many months I didn't really know what to do so it was just sort of a little bit of trial and error but mostly I sort of I came to this idea that I wanted there to be a verse and then sort of what would be like a very slowed down dream sequence mm. And that's what we finally yeah. got. And I was working with Ben, who was able to get me, help me get those, those beautiful Moog synthesizer. It was a oh, Moog, cool. Moog modular. Yeah, right. Getting those beautiful the swoop and then the the lift back out of the swamp, out of the emotional yeah, swamp. Right. You know, the emotional bog, like bog, but in the swamp. Yeah, I have to say. Okay, you can. Yeah. But yeah, and it's so, just an incredible song. Thank you very me. much. And then I thought about you know. It was this thought about, you know, I guess it's constantly trying to, I'm tr constantly trying to capture what it's like to be, to actually be human yeah. on a daily basis, which is sort of what we've been talking about already as far yeah, as yeah. all the minutia and, and all these little things that, that you notice every day that you don't know that you're noticing. And I try to take notice of those things. And I do like to watch um, tons of YouTube. I mean, everything is usable. Yeah, right. Everything yeah. is usable. You know, the the technical name for this thing right here, yeah. whatever that is, this thing on the desk, on the sound I've desk I've got no here. idea, it's like... Yeah, no yeah. one knows. No one knows. But there is somebody who has to write the manual for that. This for the thing. Yeah. There's somebody, there's somebody out there that writes a manual or has to translate <laughs> that manual from German into English because there's a company that makes plastic... That covers that, up holes that cables go into. Yeah, yeah, that makes this product and there is a name for it. And um, we may never know. We'll do our best to find out. Yeah. And let you know. Oh boy, does that go in there quite nicely. Yeah. Did you hear that snap in, ladies and gentlemen? Have another snap go into if you like. Oh. We are going to have to let you go, but I'm definitely going to make sure that I hunt you down next time you're in the UK. Please. And This uh, has been one of my favorite interactions I've oh, had in the radio bless format. You. So well, thank you thank for the you. opportunity. And this is the incredible metamorphosis from Love is Magic by John Grant. Joey Page's full show is live every Wednesday from 2 till 4pm. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little mixed bag of interviews taken from my Fubar radio show. If you'd like to listen to the full show, which includes features and all the songs from all the artists that you've heard in these interviews and many, many more, then tune in every Wednesday from 2 till 4 live or go to foobarradio.com for the podcast.